Salutations! And welcome to the 48th episode of the In The House podcast. That was the most applause that we've ever had. Easily the most applause. The The 48th episode of the Scouse's House podcast which is the official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City FC. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am really, really happy to be here tonight. We are coming to you from Falls City Tap House. Yeah. We uh, have just enjoyed, and I am still enjoying... beverages. I am still enjoying the brand new two-star golden ale from Falls City. So I want to say thank you. I've got a fancy new cup. I've got a delicious buzz going. And uh, we are really excited to be here. I am your host, Evan Floyd. And not only that, but uh, I am also, disclaimer incoming. Here we go. I am an employee of Louisville City Football Club, and so all of my opinions are only the opinions of myself and not necessarily the opinions of the team. I want to make sure that nobody mistakes what I am saying for anything that is being uh, vetted or inspected by the team, because it is not. They are purely my opinions. And I am uh, I'm amped to be here tonight. Coming off of a win, I feel I'm feeling good. Coming off of four or five brand new Fall City Golden Ales, I'm feeling really good, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled to be here tonight. Uh, but in order for this jam-packed show where we've got multiple guests, yeah. I want to make sure that uh, people people really know who's running the show. And the person who's the person who's running the show for me is my partner, who tonight is coming to you live from a truck stop, truck stop on the M6 in Newport in England. Newport Pagnell in England. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, welcome to the show, buddy. You doing all right? I'm, I mean, I'm good. I'm at a truck stop in England. Yeah. And uh, how's that feel for you? It's actually a very nice truck stop. Are truck stops the same in England as they are in America? They're more British. More British? Yeah. So, like, uh, they say color with a U? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah? It's weird. Right uh, on. <laughs> it's nice here. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so you're not uncomfortable no, in any way? No, it feels good. It feels right. good. Coming off a win, you feeling okay? I feel very good coming off a win. I like to hear that. All right, so we do have multiple guests tonight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by multiple guests, I mean that we have, and I'm not joking, first off, we have the president of oh, Scouse's House Support. Good evening, good evening, good evening. We have the president of Scouse's House Supporters Group. Who's have- absolutely amped and stoked because we're three days away from kickoff. And his name is Michael Scouse Bravolo. <laughs> Scouse, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank Scouse, you very much. this is your first time on the show since our second ever show. Yes, it this is. This is your. Too long. Is it really? This is yeah. your podcast, and it has been and a you don't year. Have to show up. For it's well, been a see, year since we had you on. God. You have so many fabulous guests on here. I am in the queue waiting to get in. I do. Uh, I put him on the list, and then whenever the mayor shows up, or yeah. Coach Hackworth, or Brad I Estes, put to the bottom of the list, he gets bumped backwards. But no, we're thrilled to have Scouse here tonight. Thank Not you. only do we have the Scouse. We have Junior Scouse here yes, tonight we as well. Yes. We have your son, Hayden Scouse Bravolo. Say hello, Hayden. Hey. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, 
Hayden is here. We're thrilled. The air hey, Hayden, road, where, man. where are we going on Saturday? Louisville City FC football stadium. We're we going to watch the game. And uh, Hayden, we're thrilled to have you here tonight also. And it couldn't be better because Hayden is one of the most important members of Scouse's house. He's always there. He's cheering hard. And he is one of the best fans of the team. I'm thrilled to have him here tonight. But not only do we have the Scouse and Junior Scouse. We also have perhaps the most recognizable fan of the entire <laughs> Lou City fan base. Yeah. Uh, of all of the Scouse fans, this is the man you will know, A, from every game, seeing him in his uh, kilt of scarves. Yeah, scarf skirt. <laughs> his scarf kilt. All of them. But also... And he makes me sweat when I look at him just looking at him in and, the summertime. In those, in those July games, I can't even imagine. But also, from the brand new commercial that we've just released, you'll be able to see some of those scarves. Oh, you'll be yeah. able to see some yeah. of those kilt. Yeah. You'll be able to see some of our guest tonight, Cody Ruth. Cody, Cody. thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. This is also the most applause we've ever We've had. done a lot of applauding. We've done a lot this of guests. Is the, yeah, this is. And you want to hear something? I'm not even done yet. <laughs> because also here tonight now let me let me get this straight we were here tonight for the release yes of the fall awesome. city two-star golden ale yep. and I have been enjoying several and they are delicious yes they are and because of that we have had our choice of truly great guests and I also want to welcome in another one of our guests noted Lou City photographer and yeah. tweeter Mr. Matthew Ballard. Matthew, Matthew, thank you! Hello, everybody, and yes, I did clap for myself. Yeah, yeah. who can blame you? Spoken like a true tweeter. All right, <laughs> so it's a big group, and so if you don't hear from somebody for the rest of the show, just assume that, that that's entirely my fault and that I have been uh, bogarting the microphone as I generally do. So any of them that you don't hear from, that's, uh, that's mostly on Andy. Uh, <laughs> no, but we've got such a big group here tonight. I don't see any reason to stand on ceremony. I no, think that man. we should go jump straight into the coin toss so that All we right. know if we should talk about a game preview or a game review. Preview. And now for this coin toss, we do not have a quarter. No, no. I feel weird about it. It's not a quarter. Instead, tonight, Hayden Scouse Bromelo is going to be tossing for us a Liverpool coin. Brought to us straight from the Scousers' house. Do you have yeah. any? Do you have any Arsenal coins? Uh, I do not own an Arsenal coin. Wow. What I do, what I, what I have seen is uh, three Arsenal championships since the last Liverpool championship. And I just want to point something out. There's, there's only two of these coins in existence in Louisville at the, this time. This Who, is my lucky coin. Who's got the I other have one? one? Who's got the other one? The other lucky recipient of one of these coins was actually Brad Estes. Brad has got really? one. Who, just like me, carries this round everywhere we go. And How'd who can blame it? you? How'd you get it? Well, when I made my trip over to Anfield, yeah. I went and purchased two of these. And um, I gave one to, to Brad when I met him when uh, we had dinner at Liverpool. So, um, you know, he's got one, I got one. And they, they are out and of I've, I've seen it. Brad does, in fact, carry it around with him everywhere he goes, the same way Scouse does. I don't share any coins with people. Hey, you and I should have a shared coin, man. We should man. have a shared coin. I mean, why don't we have one of those? I'm it embarrassed sounds... for us. All right. All right. Hayden, Hayden, are you ready to toss ready? the coin? 
Let's okay. toss the coin, buddy. All right, sure. Toss the coin. Here we go. Okay. It's up. He's oh, caught. Oh, it's oh, down. Oh, oh, nice. What did I slap and it on that? Slap it down, down on the table. There you go. There you go. That was perfect. All right. That's a preview. That's a head. That means that it is a game preview. All right. Now, one of the things I like about this particular episode is that while my partner, Andy, is phenomenal, he's not always the best at giving me information about the teams we're about to face. I'm optimistic that between Matthew Ballard, Michael Scouse Bromelow, and Cody Ruth, we will have somebody besides myself who knows anything about the Hartford Athletic Football Club. How bad are you going to feel if I am an expert? Watch you know everything there is to know. No, so. I'm not. Spoiler alert. Coming into this game, I know that Hartford is 0-2. They've lost both of their first two games. They are a expansion club, and so that makes it tough. I mean, any expansion club is going to have a hard time, generally speaking. When you come into a league, especially against teams that know what they're doing, and I know they've played Charleston already this year and lost 1-2. I know that they've had essentially a tough start to the season. And now, you know, for, for the, the third match of the season, and who were they up against? They're up two against time the champions. two-time defending champions. How I love that. How intimidating is that? Now, let me just say that before we start breaking the team down, I'll say I am really optimistic about Louisville City's chances, merely because it's an expansion team. And not just an expansion team, but an expansion team that is coming off of an 0-2 start. I feel good that the home crowd behind them, Lou City, is going to really come out to play. And did you want to know something about the home crowd that's coming up this Saturday? What's that? Scouse's house has got no season tickets left available. Now, see, Can you believe that? I was gonna let this be. I was gonna tease. I was. I was gonna tease the lead, but Scouse oh has I've no got, patience. Got, no, I got no patience, and I'm absolutely thrilled and stoked that um, the, the season opener and Scouse's house is sold out of season tickets. And the great news is that means that we have sold over 250 season tickets. And this is me speaking as a Louisville City representative telling you we have sold over 250 season tickets for Scouse's House, which means you cannot buy season tickets for Scouse's House. I'm sorry if you thought that that was a fun idea, like, oh, I'll get Scouse's House season tickets. That's over. If you were still like, considering it, stop Like, get past bad. that because it's not a thing anymore. Nope. What we do still have over at Loose City is that we do still have uh, flex packs where you can buy a pack of season of six tickets and be able to use those over the course of the year at specific games. We also have single game tickets. Now, some of these games we can't sell you tickets to. I'm sorry because Scouse's has is sold out and we have sold the other half to a corporate sponsor. But most of the games this year, you can still buy single game season tickets to, and that's really exciting. So if you do need your single game Scouse's House season, uh, single game tickets, yeah. please call Gabe Schenker in the office. Gabe will take care of you. He'll get you your ticket for this game or for maybe three to six games throughout good the year. Gabe. Gabe, good dude. Good dude. So call him. Call it 502 Lou City, and you'll be able to get your tickets. Yeah. And I'll Wimler. also post this out on um, the Facebook um, of Scouse's House and on Twitter. So. But I don't know anything about that because I'm not working for the club. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I am. Yeah. So uh, the really good news is, though, that we're going to have some good home support. Mm-hmm. 
We feel confident that the that the crowd will be over 8,000. I'm hoping for closer to 10, but we're going to be over 8,000. We're pretty sure about that. So we're going to have a good crowd support. Now, the team, and we'll go over the last game in a minute, but we'll say that the team has been good but not great so far this year. No, good, but, but I feel like good you're but watching not great. them come together. Like, you can see them actively start to click. You can feel them gelling. Just bearing in mind <laughs> that we're only two games into the season. To a 36-game season, yeah. Yeah, it, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. You know, we're only just starting out, and um, to some extent, every single team in uh, the USL right now, they're still feeling each other out. So, for us to lose one and win one, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I really am, um, because I can look at the, uh, the team on the pitch and say quite comfort- comfortably that they are playing well. They're oh. playing, playing well. They're not... See- and and I, I know Matthew's got something to say about I like this. That he, raised his hand he did. He raised his hand. <laughs> Not I, the first podcast I've been on, boys. <laughs> I will I will say before Matthew uh, shares his opinion, I'll say that I haven't felt like we've played the way we can play yet. I will say that, that I think coming. we were clearly the better team against North Carolina, and it just didn't go our way. A couple of things went wrong, and that's the way that goes. Yeah. Against Atlanta, I thought that we were slightly the better team. We didn't play our best game at all. The turf had something to do with that. And also the fact that Atlanta is a two-team and they sent some pretty stellar players down to play against us, including Andrew Carlton, who uh, might very well end up playing on the next United States World Cup team. But the bottom line is, to me, this has been a team that hasn't reached its potential yet. It's been adequate and I'm hopeful that we're going to keep seeing better and better. We've got two straight games against expansion side teams and I think that during these two games we really do need to see improvement before I start feeling really confident about this team. Matthew, what'd you think? Yeah, I would say uh, so I personally like to forget about the North Carolina uh, match um, because I just I do feel like as well that we just squandered a lot of opportunities on the field that night. Um, but if you look at our uh, look at the performance of the team against Atlanta, uh, I think defensively the squad looked really strong. Um, I was agree. it perfect? No, it, definitely not. But if you consider the conditions of the field, you consider um, the situation that they were dealing with. You know, uh, no matter who the opponent is, an away game is always going to be tough. Coming away with three uh, points on the road is great. Yeah, yeah. Often, you know, defensively, I've, uh, they were really strong. They cleared uh, a lot of the threats that came in, you know, even near the box. Uh, I definitely think that we struggled, you know, on the attack side of things, uh, especially because of the slipping and sliding. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is um, to give um, kudos where kudos is due, is we saw um, a, um, basically for, for Louisville City, a rookie goalkeeper make right. some outstanding saves I, I, I'm game. looking forward to talking I about hate to give Lowe. I hate to give praise to you know a uh, let's face it it's an FC Cincy a Cincinnati player uh, yeah. player you know we all have to accept that but he, I will say he, looked, he is a Louisville City yeah, player yeah, he, 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 you know he was we all have to think we all have to remember he was drafted for a reason yeah, yeah. absolutely he is, is a he is a he is expected to be a future you know uh 
at least for MLS, world starting goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that we shouldn't expect any less from him here in the USL. I'm looking forward to our game review where we talk about Ben Lunt because there's a lot to be said about how he performed in the last game. But if you're talking purely about going forward, it's hard not to expect him to get the start again after yeah. that strong yeah. of a performance. So I expect Ben Lunt to start again, and I expect good things from him again. That is a giant mountain of a man. Yeah. The other and dude is huge. He is enormous. Is he makes huge. Andy look small. Yeah. That, and that is saying something. Yeah. He's I, a big, big dude. Yeah. And every time I'm around him, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm saying, you know, uh, where are we going now, Thunder? Yeah. yeah. Because he is a huge, huge man. And also quick. Like, I love the way he's got his legs down and his hands down on some of those plays in this game where it shows that he's not just a big wingspan. He's also got the quicks that it takes to be a keeper at the elite levels, and that's really exciting. He plays very composed, too. Like, when you watch him, there's, like, a confidence in him that you don't see a lot of. Like, there's no, like, when he makes those saves, when he, like, swats that ball, it's like his face, he's not ever, like, Moved by what he just did, he expected to do it. Like there's a, he's, he plays very composed. Is the best way. I can Communication play. also uh, seems to be where it should be. You know, at this point, yeah, I mean, we're absolutely. talking about the second match of the season. He's obviously he's had he's had at least you know a couple of months with the squad at this yeah. point. Um, but uh, to see him be able to command the back line as he did uh, yeah. in that match but, against Atlanta. Yeah, but, but one game in, I was I was quite impressed with his performance. Now I will say that. The best shot stopper that I've seen for our team has been Greg. But we've lost Greg, and now, um, really, I see a lot of those same qualities in Ben. I mean, he he made some saves that, at our level, honestly, you don't see a whole lot of those saves being made. Yeah. And he, he is that quality of player where I, I expect really good things from him. I have a question for the table. Um, what do you think about us? And, and I mention this because I've I've seen this brought up on Twitter a, a few times. Um, you know, since uh, the Atlanta match, uh, what do you think about us relying on a low knee, essentially? You know, for a goalkeeper. You know, goalkeeper is one of those positions that you do want to see somebody like a Greg in. Uh, somebody who's going to be consistently providing, and you know, you don't have to worry well, about them being recalled, or you know, whether it's in the middle of the season, or you know, certainly by the end of the season. I, but what he does do is he provides a little bit of competition within the local goalkeepers. Yeah. Okay. So they want to perform better to try and knock him off the, the spot that he's in and get that starting place. And I agree with that. I think that I hope that for the year that whoever our keeper is going to be is not going to be that big of a deal. Like, that's what I hope more than anything else, is that by the end of the year, we don't care if it's Tim or if it's Ben or if Chris Hubbard gets healthy, that if it's Chris. I hope that that's going to be what the case is by the end of the year. But in terms of him being a low knee, I think that's why you bring a low knee in. You don't bring a lone guy in to sit on the bench because otherwise, why is the guy loaning? Why why is an uh, upper division team loaning him to you? You bring him in because you think that he is top quality and that one day he can play at the highest levels of the game. He's going to contribute where he is. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing is too, he realizes he's in the shop window. People are out there looking at him. Right? Yeah. And he needs to to perform at his top level because who knows where he's going to go to? Because look, what happened with Greg? Yeah. 
Was he expecting two years ago now to be playing in the MLS? I hope he was. I would say I would say from conversations that I've had yeah. with him personally, yeah, I was yes, he was. He's always been working towards that goal of. But that's it, what you want from every player, goal. isn't exactly. it? Yeah. Is that exactly. if I've got a player on the team who thinks this is the best I can do, then I don't want him. Right. Look at I some, want. Yeah. I want all the players. I mean, we talked to Oscar a couple of weeks ago, and Oscar, when he was on the show, clearly thought I can play at a higher level than this, and I agree with that. Yeah. But beyond that, I want players who think I can play with anybody in the world and if you put me out there with them I'll show it yeah. and I love that about a goalkeeper yeah. I think that Ben Lunt if he is our creep keeper for one more week or for 35 more weeks I'm really ex- excited about seeing what he can do out on the field because it's fun to watch him play right now mm-hmm. yeah. but and I expect him to play this week but if it is Tim Dobrovolsky I will not feel cheated regardless of who go- I'll feel goalkeeper like- comes in and um, stands in front of Scouser's house, we will welcome him in with open arms and support them 110% of the way. And everybody's that way, but I feel confident that if Tim Dobrovolsky is the keeper on Saturday, that means it's because he beat the crap out of Ben Lunt in the keeper yeah. competition during practice this week, which means that he's earned that spot. If someone wants to check my numbers, though, I want to throw out that uh, Dobro am, at the I end of last year. I, I Andy am, is checking I those numbers. <laughs> uh, Dobro actually finished the year with better numbers than Greg did, but in USL play, yes. It, but it was from a lower sample Uh-oh. size. I just, I, so I want a little bit of a rebuttal here. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I, I, I will preface this with I, I def, I, I love Tim dearly, but. I will say, when you look at his performances in the U.S. Open Cup play last season, honestly, I was disappointed overall. Um, well, he, uh, you know, there's there a few mistakes there through play. You know, no matter who the opponent was, whether the first it was goal against this, the Reds or Chicago, sure. against the Revolution, it was tough. So, I, the thing to me about that specifically is, when you're talking about USL, U.S. Open Cup play, that means that you are not getting number one starter play in practice. It means that you're not playing game after game after game. The thing is, it is really tough to be a consistent I am the number one and to stay as I am the number one all season, especially when you're playing against Greg, who clearly was our number one goalkeeper. And that means that in practice, Greg is getting all the reps as the number one goalkeeper. That means that in games, he's getting all the minutes as the number one goalkeeper. And And so I've always given Tim a little bit of the benefit of the doubt based on the fact that, yeah, there may have been some rough moments in the USL Cup moments that he had. But also, if you think back to his performances in league play, he played really well in league for us last year. Had a lower goals against average in league. And so I've always felt confident that if we said, hey, listen, for the next 30 games, Greg is our keeper, that we're going to see good stuff out of Greg as our keeper. I mean, I'm sorry, out of right. Tim as our keeper. But when we're looking at who our starter yeah. is going to be, who the main guy is going to be going forward, I think coming into the season, we all absolutely expected Tim yeah. to be that guy, naturally because he was the number two to Greg last season. And when you look at his performance, a little bit in the preseason, you know, there were some inconsistencies in the preseason, but obviously preseason, much like spring training in baseball, doesn't mean, you know, anything. 
Um, when you look at that combined with his first start yeah. this season, uh, you know, against North Carolina, it, it definitely is concerning I, for, I, for long term. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think, though, it's tough to judge based off the North Carolina game just because they only had the ball for, like, six minutes. And so it's tough to be able to judge about positioning and about – uh, shot stopping when you see five shots during the entire game because but, but, we always had the ball. The one thing that uh, that first game did show us is the quality of football in the USL right now is at a very high standard. You're not we wrong. We made four mistakes and we got punished four times. That's yeah. so. That's yeah. a great US, point. USL championship top of top to bottom is going to be very competitive. This and then season. You know, it's in, so in much pinch. better than it has been yeah. even two three years ago. In Tim's defense, you know, he was playing against an MLS side. Yeah. You make one mistake against those guys, they're going to punish you. And and it's, it's, all right, it's easy from our point as a, uh, as armchair quarterbacks to say, well, that looked like a weak goal. But I'm not sure that we gave up a weak goal. I mean, if you think about where the ball was at any given time in that game, Greg, uh, I'm sorry, goodness, Tim had a really tough, I know. I'm oh, sorry, Tim, we've been doing I this. I apologize. Oh. We're going to have to stop this. Uh, we've been doing this for a year. You know, I'm out. I think I just got eliminated. No more beer for you. Yeah, but the key is, I think that it's, it's easy to say this was a problem or this wasn't a problem. But realistically, when you're talking about the flow of a game, it's hard to judge what yeah. is a good or bad goal to give up when, okay, you're standing still for 26 minutes and then you have to be perfect for two seconds. Yeah. You're standing completely still doing nothing, watching us possess the ball for 26 minutes and then, oh shit. I've got to be the man for two seconds. I can't even imagine. You know, and I think people around the table know that um, I have this point of view. You know, I've seen so many teams with uh, 70 and 80% possession and lose. We had a really good game against North Carolina and we got beat. In the end, it's about scoring goals. Yeah. yeah. The, the only stat that I worry about is what was the final score. Wins and losses. Yep. All right, but we're still in our game preview, and so before we really dive into our Atlanta game, let's talk. I have a hunch that Cody here has got some information for yeah, us about he's Hartford been, he's been doing in our game preview. I mean, over that, he's, he's been, been on he's been his phone. He's been quiet, and I'll tell you this: scrolling through his phone before, right now. Before we hand it off to Cody, who I have a hunch is going to be able to tell us some real information, I'll say that Hartford Athletic. In my mind, only had two players that really stood out to me in my mind as guys that I cared about or had noticed before. And that is defenseman Sim DeVitt, who's always been very solid. And uh, I've always felt like he's not prone to making the major mistakes. And so Sim DeVitt is somebody to keep an eye on. And then going forward, Jose Angulo has always been a really quality USL player who's gotten some goals, who has created some problems, and is somebody that you should keep an eye on at all given times. But Cody, given what you have been looking over, either A, as just a USL fan in general, and B, in these moments watching the play, uh, looking over stats in general, what have you noticed that stands out to you about Hartford? All right, well... Uh, you've already mentioned some of it that we've already learned to hate because he was with FC Cincinnati. Freaking Cincinnati. Oh, um, uh, 
a couple more names that we'd probably recognize is uh, Giuseppe Gentile. He was with the Kickers last year. And uh, I've, got, I, I've, got, I've got a question for you. We've got two, we've got a player <laughs> whose last name, whose, whose names are W, his initials are WW, whose names I have never felt confident pronouncing. Washnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnijnij
So uh, again, so he we could see some Rasmussen. Yeah, but we, we could see some Rasmussen competition of, in the midfield. That's the entire match. Rasmussen on Rasmussen. Players, like move to the side of the pitch and just exactly. let them go at it. That's uh, it. You know, it, we you know, if you dig a little bit deeper, you will find that he does have four years of experience at the top level of uh, you know Denmark's uh, pyramid. And um, Di- and uh, Magnus, our Rasmussen, has been playing in the second division of uh, of a Danish football. Exactly. So perhaps this is the superior Rasmussen. Yeah. It's hard to say. And when no. you're talking about expansion sides like uh, like Harper, you know you do need to sometimes dig deeper. Yeah. Because right? you never know what what uh, what they're going. Some what Rasmussen on Rasmussen violence. Exactly. Who knows? Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and transition <laughs> us. I'm gonna transition us right now into our pre uh, into our review because I do want to talk a little bit about the game against whoa, Atlanta. Whoa. I'm transitioning predictions. Us. You can't do Shit. it. This is we my can. second. Yeah. We've and, got one, we got five people who can do predictions here except you. All right, fine. All right, well, then we're going to go clockwise from where I'm sitting. So people on your dial, this is clockwise to my yeah. left. We're going to be having now a prediction for Louisville City versus Hartford Athletic. First up, we've got Cody Ruth. Cody, Cody, what do you got? Do it, Cody. I'm going to break it down. I honestly think this is probably going to be 3-0. They're going to come out like gangsters. Yes! And Fort Slugger is going to punish these people. Home opener. You've got got the crowd behind you. You're playing an expansion side. Nobody's ever ready for the turf monster either. They think they are, and then they're not. That's true. And you haven't played with a real chip on your shoulder until now. At home, I love Louisville City. Cody, I love that. 3-0. Cody, give me one goal scorer for Lou City. Uh... Honestly, I think Ombi's gonna. Ombi. He's gonna play straight up and get a solo goal. See, he's got two assists through the first two games. He's been playing as a monster. He hasn't gotten yeah. on the score yeah. sheet yet, but in terms he's of two. assists, he's gotten two. Both goals have been assisted by Brian. I love him to score in this game. That's a great prediction. Andy, what you got? Andy Frederick's prediction. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say three nothing. 3-0 again! 3-0 again. These are some ambitious, optimistic fans. My goal, I'm gonna I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Alright. My goal, Oscar DePaco. If I as one, always. As always, if which I Which would be $25 from Andy, $25 from myself, and $5 from three separate Lucidity fans yeah. who have pledged to also donate for yeah. from Oscar DePaco. Uh, podcast challenge. Exactly. Um, but it's an expansion team. And there's something about, say what you want about Slugger Field, there's something about playing in the meat grinder that Slugger can be. Okay? I love We're Velasco so Paco. used to it. We're, we know how to play in it. And there were times last season when you watched teams like visibly disturbed and thrown off. Wilt. Yeah, they wilted because they just Every, can't. Everybody they, hates Slugger Field yeah, for a reason, and they can't. And we it. hate Honestly, it we just a too. little, <laughs> but we hate it just a little less yeah. than everybody else. That's so. That's 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 where because I'm at. we have the home crowd, and also we're used to it. Yeah, Scouse, what you got? Well, I think bearing in mind we've uh, been going through a bit of a goal drought. We have. We only have. two goals through two games, but. Home field advantage. 
packed Scouser's house right behind you. Dang right. 4 0. 4 0! Look out! A butt whooping. <laughs> Scouse. Scouse's house throwing down the gauntlet. He's Holy predicting crap. a butt whooping. How many goals on the Scouse side? How many school goals on the Scouse end? Three of them. Three of them on Scouse did you, end. Did you know? Did you know that both championship goals have all been scored in front of Scouse? That's house. so true. As, that is true. As was as was the Richard Ballard conclusion to the New York Red Bulls shootout yeah, on the Scouse end. Yes. Yep. All of the really key goals and the Sean Reynolds 5-0 goal against Cincinnati. The best goals all scored on the Scouse end. The goalkeeper takes one look at Scouse's house. Their goalkeeper will take one look at Scouse's house. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and I and I feel confident that whichever one of the fans, the many many fans that you guys have to choose from to take my spot, standing in between Andy and David, our vice president, on yep. the Scouse end, whoever stands in that spot, I feel confident that that person will do a yeoman's job. And do you know who I think that's going to be? I know who I think it'll be. Andy's wife. That's who I think it'll be! From the photographer's per, from the photographer perspective, I just want to ask, is she going to be more photogenic than Andy? She's way prettier oh, yeah, than Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Way prettier than Andy. <laughs> you know, all, I can, all I can say is this. The last time I saw a pair of legs like his, <laughs> it was on a camel. <laughs> now, what? now, hold on, turn it that, that suddenly turned into an Andy attack. No, I feel confident that if Stephanie just, Frederick, Andy's wife, does end up taking my spot on the uh, far right post in Scouse's house, if she takes it, she has always been a little better at heckling goalkeepers than I have. She's going to make somebody cry. She is top-notch heckler. Now, I honestly his, probably have her in a here's photo. Here's one undoubtedly. One interesting stat, and I want to see if they still have that stat going on. Remember the first game last year in front of Scouser's house? Mm -hmm. It was Scouser's house to the rescue with a Scouser's house zip tie. That's true. I want to see if it's yeah. still there. Came through the... Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I happen to know the answer to this, and I'm not forbidden from, from mentioning it. We had the zip tie for the, for the net that night, but we switched to the pink nets for the uh, breast cancer awareness games. And so the white nets have now been recycled, and so there will be new ties that are not the Scouse's House zip tie. Oh. I happen to know the answer to that. But if I make any horrible mistakes as a part of the front office and there are any errors with the new net, I feel confident that Scouse's House will oh, yeah. be there to correct With them. zip ties. We should look at Scouse's House sponsored zip ties, like Scouse's now House you're talking. zip ties. I love it. You, you do yeah. realize, though, that as sponsors, you have to actually pay for that. That's hey, true. Hey, 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 hey. calm All down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Hayden. Hayden. Hayden, what do you think the score will be for the first game this year? What's the score? What do you think? How many goals are Louisville City going to score on Saturday? He's How thinking. Many? 
maybe three. He thinks three, it's going to be three, three to nothing. Hayden, I love that. We are now at three predictions of three nil for Lucidity. Hayden, that is awesome. Thank you very much for making your prediction. I appreciate it. Now, all right, Matt, Matthew Ballard. Now, let me let me let me uh, give a little bit of background here. Matthew Ballard is not specifically a Louisville City Scouse's House supporter. I am a Lou. Co I am a Cooper. He is a, a Cooper. Payne in fact, Cooper member. Now we're hoping to fix that before the end of the night. Well, can I but can I add something? I I am Scouse adjacent, as I like to is. say, because I am a Liverpool. FC supporter. He is a Liverpool boy. fan. So I've and always felt like I've been part of, of the family through that. And also, he is a Lou City photographer who is not bound by any one section of Absolutely the sands. So he's taken uh, pictures from all over, I'm, including from Scouse's house, yeah. including specifically for some of those major goals that we just referenced. Absolutely. Mr. Ballard, what will be the score on Saturday. All right. So I'm going to probably be the most conservative that of the seems, table. That seems reasonable. Um, I think a there is a 2-1 result in our future. I, love I think those two Lou City goals City are, going goals. To, are going to come via a brace from one Luke Spencer. Luke Spencer really getting on the board. I'll take that. I love it. I love All that. Right. Yep. And so you think 2-1, do you think that we fall behind and break forward? Or do you think that uh, it's sort of a back and forth affair? I think that we will, and just because I'm basing this off of our production so far in the first two matches of the season, I do think that there is a chance that we fall behind 1-0. Uh, I don't Harford, necessarily you know, disagree Harford with you. Could, you know, it's, it's, I do think, honestly, that's going to depend on which side um, uh, Hartford starts with. Yeah. Uh, but if they do start with the Scouse side, which is, yeah. let's be honest, outside of the Scouse influence. It's the goal side. Exactly, it's the goal side. It's the non-turf monster side. Most importantly. Is, yeah, exactly, most important. Um, I do think that Harford will be able to get a early goal within, let's say, the first 25. But I do think that Lou City, much like they have in the past in many occasions, uh, will, um, will, uh, will, will find a way to... Uh, to get those two goals for the three points. See, you know, I, I, must, I must agree with you there, though, but, uh, you know, because the guys that I'm looking at to score goals on Saturday is my, my good buddy, um, Niall. Nice. I can yeah, believe yeah, a goal's yeah. going to come from him. I think Niall and played so I'm, well I'm in preseason that you're I, just, I just think Luke is due. Like, I think Luke, you know, being our, let's face it, right now, Luke is definitely our number one striker. Mm. Uh, and I do think that Luke is due for uh, a opening of the spigot, if you will. Uh, and what better place to do that than in at from home? From a Scouse's house. Exactly. Yeah. In front of Scouse's house. Uh, and in front of all of the uh, Blue City supporters. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I will say I'm still not allowed to make a prediction about what I think will happen with the game. But what I can say is that, uh, A... 
I'm really pleased with the play of uh, Abdu. Now, he got his goal, and we'll, we'll cover that in a minute. But I'm really pleased with the with the play of Abdu. I love the way that he creates space and uh, sort of his speed to the edges. I'm loving the way he plays and the way that he uh, allows for other space to be played. Yeah. And also that we are coming up on a game where we were going to have three separate international call-ups. So Speedy Williams is not going to play. And Sean Francis is not going to play. And Sonny Jane is not going to play. And if that is the case, I love the idea that Abdu is going to create some space when he comes on. I expect, I expect Luke to start. Yeah. But when, when uh, Abdu comes on, I love the way he creates space and gets into the gaps in the defense. And if... We're going to get there, and so I'm not going to do it. But I'm just saying, George Davis the fourth, when he came on in that game against Atlanta, I thought difference. was the most impactful player on the field. Huge he, difference. He created space. He brought everybody wide. He was also able to cut into the midfield. And I think he was trying to prove, I'm a starter. Screw you guys for not starting me tonight. I'm a starter. Yeah. And that's the way it looked like George Davis the fourth was playing from every minute that he came onto that field. Can I, I can I also offer to please. that? I do think that players if you look at players like George, in my opinion, which I'm a huge supporter of, you know, based on his uh, past UK experience, University of Kentucky, I should say, experience, and uh, what he's done with Lucy so far. I think that um, he's going to fill a, a role of a super sub yeah. for us going forward for this season because I do think that, you know, where he is at currently in his career, like, that is a uh, role that he is uh, well suited to. Well, yeah, exactly. Well suited but, but, to. I think that he's but able one to. One of the things that I did notice at, about that game is when George came on, every time he got the ball, he always took one, two, maybe even three defenders. Yes. Brought him to him, yeah. Which yes. creates space Drew behind some him. defense. Much like and, Brian as well. And that's yeah. why I'll be really curious. I love Matthew's point that George would be a phenomenal super sub because he would. I love that point, though, because I'm curious to see throughout the year if it's George wears him down and then Sonny comes on and wears him out. Or if it's the other way around where Sonny wears him out and then George really dominates them. Yeah. I, it's going to be interesting to see across that front three, which you got to consider from our first game anyway, being George, Nile, uh, and then uh, Brian. If that's going to be Sonny, Nile, Brian, if it's going to be Sonny, yeah. Magnus, Brian, if it, those three spots as the attacking midfielders is going to be a fascinating thing to watch throughout the year about who starts who comes on and who does damage? I think it's going to be fluent. I think it's going to be like it shows our depth, right? It really that, does. It really shows the depth of this squad because, you know, we've got right now we're in the early part of the season. We only, you know, we got a match or so every, you know, once a week yep. at the most right now. But once we get into open cup exactly, season. Exactly, exactly. And then you're also talking about eventually we hope that Rich Ballard's going to get healthy and might also play into that role. Yes. 
Cody had something he wanted to say about this. One of the things that we've already seen going into uh, the last couple of games is um, you have Ombi, you have Spencer, you have GD4, people that draw multiple defenders to them, but what we haven't seen is the, uh, the ability to capitalize on the space that these people are making drawing multiple defenders. Don't forget. And if we're really going to, you know, capitalize on what we have as a team, it's that we have these threats that require multiple defenders, and we have to be able to exploit the space that that's created. All right, so now we are fully back onto Atlanta now. I'm sorry, we're fully back onto Atlanta now for the game review. And I'll say that one of the things that was the biggest disappointment to me in that particular game was that we didn't control the ball through the middle of the field. So we were constantly working, we were working really well up the edges, whether it was Sonny in the first half or George in the second half, whether it was Brian Ownby, whether it was some of the overlapping midfield play, uh, defender play. I thought Sean Francis played really well in that game. I was thrilled to see him get a start, and uh, we love Fight Club on this show. Yeah. But one of the things that was disappointing to me is that we didn't manufacture much through the middle of the field. And that, to me, has always been a strength of this club, is that I felt always, always, always confident that Paolo and Speedy, or Paolo and Nile, or Paolo and Nile, or whoever you wanted to think it was going to be, were going to control the middle of the field and make things happen. And in the first two games of the season, we haven't seen yet that. Mm -hmm. Seen that yet. From Spit those guys, shut up! <laughs> I, did I did I say I've been one, drinking? One, once again, it's a false city. It's been four <laughs> hours now. Four hours at False City, and they serve beer, um, real beer. But no, I, I've been not disappointed because that's not fair. I've been surprised that Nile and Speedy and Paolo haven't completely controlled the middle of the field, and it hasn't looked that way through the first two games. No. I love, and I'm using the word love here exorbitantly, I love Paolo, Speedy, and Nile. They are three tremendous, perhaps overqualified, mm -hmm. USL central midfielders. I haven't thought that they've played their best two games yet. Yet. And that to me Stress. means that going, yet. right, and that means to me that going forward, we're going to see their best games, but in the first two games, it hasn't been, which means I think that if everyone is healthy, Paolo and Nile and Magnus, who will likely get the other central midfielding start ahead of uh, Sean Francis and Speedy Williams, who will be out, I imagine it'll be Magnus, that I imagine that Magnus... Nile and Paolo are going to play a great game this week. Can I throw up a uh, please a edit here so that I can go lead the lizard real quick? Understood. Oh, like hey, an it's almost yeah, like okay. we've been drinking beer for a couple hours. Right, 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 right. I'm trying to find a way to throw this up in. You're there. fine. Okay. Throw it in. Okay. 
because I want to be, but I need to, like, I've had I've three. got empty glasses. Okay. Honestly, I've, I've had three since the last Matt. time I've gone, and I really need to Matthew, go right now. Matthew, the way this works is you just gotta that go. you, when you are done, I'm going to throw it to Andy, and Andy is going to encourage Scouse and Cody to talk, and you and I are both going to go and use that uh, use those Fantastic. facilities. Oh, man, that was Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so, doing please. that right now. All right. Oh, yeah. I expect that those three players are going to play really well this week because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. That between Nile, Magnus, and, and you're Paolo, one very important player. Lay it on me. The crowd. The crowd is a great player. Yeah, no. For, no. Well, yes. Yeah. Spillage! Spillage! There he goes. <laughs> I swear to God, can't take him anywhere. So, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, I know. Um, so, let's talk about the crowd. I've just said basically that um, the crowd is that our 12th man. And I believe that is going to be the difference maker going into this game on Saturday because for the first opening game of the season at home the crowd is going to be the balance for us because it's going to be very intimidating for a expansion side to come in and play in a situation like that yeah well I, I do have to say most of these guys have USL experience and a few of them have visited Slugger before. I'm not sure that they're going to be thrown off more than it's just simply how much we're going to be spurring on our boys. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, they've been to big arenas, but you can't underscore the morale boost that our, our guys get from having Scouse's house and the Coopers just driving them on play after play. Mm -hmm. How many people does, uh, has Hartford played, like, where do they, how many people does their home field hold? I don't know, but I'm sure Cody's looking it up right at this point. Yeah, Cody, hit us, hit us with the facts. Hit us with the facts. <laughs> Already on. But, uh, I will say that, um, they are. And really what I'm asking is how many people have they played in front of? The team themselves, it looks like. 3,500 seems oh, to be no, about it. No, that's no, not going to be. No, no, no. Well, but then you have to look at, um, you know, experience with the teams that we have played against. They, We've had people from Hartford play in Slugger before. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, true. But have they played in a, a Slugger field in anticipation of eight to ten thousand people. No, and then when you say a few people, a few of Hartford have played in front of have played at Slugger Field, I mean that's one thing for them for a few guys to try to hype up their team like, it's gonna be a lot of people and it's a whole other thing to actually get in front of it. Yeah. I still think that's and when I call Slugger Field a meat grinder, that's partially what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I mean it's one of the smallest fields in the league, and so we do right have there. the turf, turf monster. It's it's not optimal. I mean, I'll, I'll admit that on its face, but it is it's still a legitimate field that 
it is to the detriment of us as much as to them. And it, it gets ugly out there. It's such a small field that there's not a whole lot of room for error. Yeah, if you, if you, if I, I will say for my, you know, you're absolutely, uh, absolutely right about that. Uh, and, and in some of the discussions I've had with players in the past, like they absolutely accept the fact that they have an advantage with, with Slugger Field. You know, because they know how the turf monster works. Yeah. They know how to deal with it, no matter which side that they're they're on at that yeah. time. And obviously, all of our opponents, you know, they yeah. don't have that same experience. Well, and one of the things is, I've always thought that Lucity is really a better team on a bigger field. Like we've almost Absolutely. always been a little yeah. quicker a little faster than our opponents and better teams, which means that the more space you have to operate, the better you yeah. can play. But that, oh, and by the way, hi, I'm Evan, I'm back. Um, what happened, bud? Uh, it's almost like I had to leave for two or three minutes for my own personal business. <laughs> but no, it's serious that when we're playing against other teams, I've always thought that when we play on big fields, We've generally played really yeah. well because it's a team. When you're talking about a Brian Ownby or when he's healthy or Richard Ballard yeah. or now a Lucky Kosana, some guys who've got some real wheels behind them, you want to play on a big field and be able to stretch the stretch yeah, the absolutely. space that your opponents have got to defend. But that is almost always still an advantage on our smaller home field because our guys know how to play on the turf monster. Yeah. Now, I'm... I'm really excited that means about next year when we play on the big field on our home field about being able to stretch the field that way. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm saving that. I'm burying the lead. But I'm just saying, when you talk about last week's game, I thought that Atlanta plays on a smaller to mid-size field and a wet field. Yeah. And a field that maybe wasn't ideal for fast-paced soccer. It still worked out fine in this game just because our defense stepped much more up in this game than they had previously. Yeah, absolutely. And so while we had a couple of mild lapses, when you're talking about trying to get to the end line, we had a couple of small plays where it was like, oh gosh, why'd that guy get to the end line? It didn't burn us because our really core defenders in Paco and, and uh, Alexi stayed home. And they didn't let that burn us in the end. They played a much better game than they played in the previous game. Yeah. Can we... I think it's even maybe even worth touching on if, you know, you look at... So you look at Spanish soccer, for instance, or Spanish football. I've watched it. Yeah, I watch. Every watch once in a while. I watch a messy hat trick <laughs> every I'm now and then. To a, if I'm forced to observe a Real Madrid versus Barcelona El Clasico, right. I'll do it. Or you know, uh, and a, no affiliation at all. If you're partaking a BN Sports broadcast, absolutely of, of any sorts of, of La Liga. Um, you know, much like their game, um, I think Loose City has a very strong defense. Like, you know, let's take a look at our plays, right? Like, we have Paco and Alexi, who are my two personal favorites. Uh, I, I agree. The past couple of I think they might there. be the two best pure players on the team, right. and that is saying but, something. But look at P, right? And you look at, you know, P and, and Tosh and, and other, you know. We've got four Sean legitimate and, starting right. center backs that are on our squad 
and you can only really start two of them in any game. Right, and you have guys like Oscar, right, that you're able to, or Sean, that you're able to pull back into more of a defensive role as a fullback or something, yeah. you know. Or in, Tosh in, in that match. same business. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. So I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like Lou City's strongest depth is in their defense. And I agree. And just in the last couple of seasons, personal opinion again, I think that despite our are attacking powerless with you know with certain players. Um, you don't mean record goal scorer Cameron Lancaster, do you? Uh, you know, I mean, if you know some some of us may not necessarily want to speak their name anymore because of certain clubs. Because they may have joined some other now. team. But uh, yes, exactly. Um, our defense has always been there to help stabilize. That's true. The club. Every year. Oh, whether you're talking a Connor Shinoski or you're talking a uh, guy at Bend playing a defensive midfield role. Exactly. Even what, Paolo, right? Yeah, Piccolo, Paolo Piccolo, dropping back. Piccolo is a fantastic, in my opinion, I think Piccolo is a fantastic defensive yeah. midfielder. Uh, he absolutely uh, has adopted a destroyer role and uh, done a really eloquent job of combining it with a deep-lying uh Playmaker. And still being able to be creative. Yeah, yeah I agree it, with that. Uh, but um, but I, maybe not in the first two games so far this year. He has had a lot of trouble linking up with the front of the field, which I think we, honestly, given our depth in defense, I think we might see a transition to 4-3-4 over the course of the year. I won't be shocked by that either. And letting Paolo play a more natural role further upfield. Well, and it's tough. Because here's the thing, we have such, uh, I, I don't have a good way of saying this, multifunctional midfielders. When you're talking about Oscar, who can maybe play, frankly, Oscar, you can feel confident playing either a defensive, a, a fourth back role, a um, creative midfielder role, or an offensive midfielder role. You would feel confident with him in any of those three spots. Uh, yeah, I would say I consider Personally, I consider Oscar more of a wing back. And, and like, that's I think that's more of his natural Absolutely. position. Even if yeah. you consider him that, though, you would feel confident if, let's say, George, Brian, Richard, and Lucky were all injured for a game. If you said, hey, we're going to start, you know, uh, Oscar out there on the right wing, right. everybody would be like, yeah, all right, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and that's because Oscar, you feel good about in about eight of the 11 positions. And we've got guys like that across the board, which makes it hard to specialize because you're kind of generalists in a lot of positions. It makes it hard to generalize. And I feel that way about Sean Tosh, who started the first game as a right as a right fullback, an overlapping fullback, which may be not his best position, but that's because you've got two great center backs. And you also have a great uh, mid-central defensive midfielder in Paolo, and all of those would be great positions for Sean Tosh, and you want him on the field, but maybe playing right wing, right wing back, is not his strongest spot. I would just say I, I would, yeah, I, you know, much like I mentioned er earlier that you know I consider George to be our uh, attacking super sub. Yeah, I would actually put Sean in that same category on the defensive, you know, back line side. I think that Sean this season, do you, if you look at uh, the latter half of uh, oh. 2018, how Hack used um, how Hack used Sean, uh, right? Like he had some pretty prolific moments earlier in the season. He did. 
you know, but um, the big memory is the uh, the U.S. Open Cup match goal from exactly. uh, 23 yeah. yards out, which was <laughs> the, sweet. Matthew Ballard, the photographer, one of my favorite photos May from have 2018, uh, is from the celebration <laughs> slide from that moment. That's, it was pretty you know, good. And you know, not only did it come at a fantastic time for us in the competition, but also for me personally. Uh, that was a great photo to capture. It was a time. good picture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I consider, I think again, this speaks to our depth that yeah, John absolutely. has built this off past, you know, previous off season. I sometimes wonder about that. Right now, we feel the expression for a person, for a single person, is uh, like uh, jack of many trades, master of none. Right. And I wonder if maybe we might be in that position as a team. Like, that's the only fear for me I have in terms of, like, a, a deep U.S. Open Cup match run, a deep USL Cup run, is that maybe we are super good at a lot of positions and maybe not great at any one position this year. That is the only thing that I have that yeah, ever but, makes me concerned. But could you argue that every season has started that way? Yes, like, that's exactly yeah. what I was yes. going to say. I think every season right. we've that's, been in that category. Yeah, that's why and, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying we're, 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 right. we're, we've done two games this season. And to base a whole season <laughs> of two games, right? Everybody has had thus far. Every Louisville City fan, any conversation leading up to it is Matt. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Just talk. <laughs> well, let me put this out there. Let's let's let, let me put the, let me lay something out real quick. And again, I'm not saying that this this squad this season cannot absolutely be as Agreed. successful as every previous squad. But if we're going to play armchair quarterback, so to say, as, right. as this, a podcast country, is gonna exactly, that's what um, podcasts do. Let's look back, right? All right, so we had Matt Fondy, right? Right. Remember I remember him. He was good, yeah. prolific scorer, right? Who okay. We've had Hoffman, <laughs> who you know, I not only through his scoring for Lou City, the but also first through our shared of fandom of the yeah. Atlanta Braves in the one Major League Baseball, if you will. Which you know, whatever. We sure. We don't know about baseball on this podcast. Um, I do, but I'm not going to talk now. And, and then, you know, you, you of course, look at Just Lancaster, right? Sport. Like, we've... Shut up. <laughs> through every season, but through every season, we've always have had one person that we can point to as that prolific scorer for Lucy. Except 2017. Except for 2017. Right, except for 2017, but you kind of had like a committee at that point, it was. right? Yeah. Because no, Lancaster I, was involved, but because of I actually his, have numbers. Know, his, we oh, we have we 38 go. of 58 goals of the 2017 championship team. 38 of 58 is still on the team. We only lost 20 goals in two years. And here's the here's the real kicker to all of that is we have proven <laughs> we have proven from year to year that we can find where the goals are going to come from, which to me means we it, it was the perfect point. We're two games into the yeah. season. Two games. The how, many games, how, many games, how, how many games are we in this season again? I think only minutes into the season. This, I think only two. Wait, is it but one? No, it's two. And we here's the thing: is that when we get to minutes into the season, when we yeah. get to week eleven of this season, we may be going. 
Holy crap, have you guys seen that Magnus has scored 11 goals? Can I can I put a little bit of insider baseball into the conversation as no. well? No, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I try to always get the personally, you know, I try to do what I can with my connections to, you know, we appreciate outside that. of those who are literally part of the front office. I don't know anybody like that. Uh, I try to always utilize my connections as I can to try to get a feel for what the club thinks about the season. And in every conversation I've had with the player this offseason, they have been super excited about what is to come. And not just about what you know we have and haven't seen already this off, but about what we're going to see from the likes of Sonny, you know, for example, who's yeah. personally for me is like the guy that I'm looking forward to the most seeing yeah. on the field this season. Um, and and my personal, who I have not been shy about saying, my personal pick for a guy who might end up with 20 goals this year because he's freaking phenomenal is Abdu Jam. Exactly. Who who creates space, who is a great striker of the ball, who I'm really excited to see what he's going to end up doing. But Sonny is a great example. And frankly, we have eight or nine examples. And I really think that Magnus wasn't an exaggeration that if he finds his spot, he could fill that uh, Ilya Illich role of 10 goals and 10 assists kind of spot. And I think that it's stupid. It's dumb for us to try to really guess throughout the year. It's purely game to game for us right now. I mean, if you really want to look at uh, somebody else, though, I mean, Lucky Kasanik's got brought on, and he, dang right, yes. ten goals last year. Yes. Dude, ten goals with a team that gave him no service. He embarrassed us. Terrible lugger. Fifteen seconds into the match, he pops us. Second half. He does a beautiful back heel goal. This it man was. is insanely talented, and he was enveloped by a team that gave him nothing to work with, and he still got suddenly, 10 goals out of it. Suddenly, this has turned into a season preview podcast. Well, you're always going to be talking about what is to come, right? Uh, and I think that you always will. Yeah. So, um, but two games into the season, let's not panic. No. The results will come. Yeah. And I personally believe, just like in 2017, the goals are going to come from all over the pitch. I agree with that. Especially at Slugger. I I don't think that we're going to have a 20-goal scorer this year at this point. I really am looking at it, and I don't think so. But I think we could have three, maybe four, 10-goal scorers this year. And that's really exciting because Luke is going to be the starter going forward if we are realistic about what it looks like. And Abdu is going to be coming off the bench. Lucky may get some starts. He may get some sub spots. He's going to score some goals. Uh, you can feel confident that, that Brian Ownby is going to score goals. Goals are going to come. George Davis IV has proven that he is good for eight goals a year every year, no matter what. I've thought that Nile looked great in the preseason. And so the real key to me is that we're going to see goals scored this year. And in particular when you're talking about these two upcoming games we're playing against two straight uh expand expansion side teams and when you're talking about expansion side teams i i expect us to score some points goals who cares i expect us to score points then, you know, in these next two games um one stat that i've just um come across as a we're sitting here is that um hartford the first eight 
games of this season are all away from home. Yeah. Those guys have been on the road now they for get the tired. last three weeks. Yeah. So when they get to Slugger, I'm hoping they're going to be too tired to play. And I think that's completely realistic. So we've seen some predictions, and we've seen 3-0, 3-0, 4-0, 2-1, and I can't make a prediction, but I, I think that Abdu Jam is really good. And I think that... Uh, <laughs> And I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying I think that Abdul Jam is really good. And I think that uh, we are going to see some nice first half action from the guys this week. And in particular, I'm really thrilled with the way the wings are playing. And in this week in particular, I think it's going to be tough for some of our central midfield to get it going when you aren't having Sean Francis or Speedy Williams or Sonny Jane in this game. So I think that the wings are going to be vast, vastly important. Let me transition us very quickly, and we'll finish off by saying, I know, I know, Scouse's House, in the house podcast listeners, that I talked last week about the stadium, but everyone, and I mean everyone, has now seen the video for the upcoming stadium for the upcoming season. Now, this video is the most recent... uh, rendering of what they expect the stadium to look like. And before I let, I'm just going to hand it off to the rest of our crowd because we've got a good crowd. But before I hand it off to the crowd, I'll say that when it comes to uh, stadium installations, so what the art might look like, what the the inside the uh, atrium might look like, what all of those things are still very much up in the air. So what you've seen in this video are awesome but maybe aren't the uh, the specific touches that you're going to see. But when you just talk about the stadium by itself and what the feel will be like, I want to hear because I was involved in it. I don't want to. I don't want to personally taint what these people think about the stadium. But I want to hear what everybody else thinks before worrying about specific art, specific stadium renderings. What you think about the stadium as a whole based on the new video that was put out by Lucidity today, what are you thinking? I want to start with Cody and we're going to move around the corner. Cody, what did you think? I'm going to be honest. I, I was weeping at work. People were concerned. Like, what do you I, do? I, I'm a supervisor at a uh, distribution arm for a box conversion facility. I'm just trying to get a, a, a picture of you crying at your job. I, I mean, I, I actually have a reputation for being a bit of a hard ass. People were legitimately concerned. I mean, this was this is no small thing. Now, come on, own up. You stepped on your be- your own beard, right? That's oh. that what it was. That's what made you cry. He's got a nice yeah, beard. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, watching the video when it got to my old Kentucky home. No, dude, there were waterworks. Yeah. This is something that I I couldn't have fathomed five years ago. No, I and it, it's just it's amazing to me. Yeah, I was watching it at work, sitting actually in my manager's office, and I was watching it and like I think he could. I didn't know. I didn't cry. I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there were times when I was like, oh shit. And my manager finally looked up. He was like, dude, what? What What are you doing? Why are you doing this in my office, first off? <laughs> what are you doing? 
and I tried to show it to him, and it's one of those times where it's like, man, you need to be as excited about this as I am, as a large number of the population in Louisville is. This is why you should be excited. And if you were as dedicated as we were, like, you, you've been to a few games, it's fine. No, go to every game, and you would be just as excited as I am right now watching this. And then he fired me. So, <laughs> and that's and that, how you ended up at a truck stop in the middle of. Yeah, and that's yeah, how you ended up at a truck stop in the UK. Exactly. Well, I didn't get to see it at work. I didn't get to see it until they put it up on the big screen right here in um, Fall City. Fall City. And um, how can you not be stoked after watching that? And the. One thing that I've taken away from looking at that this evening was this is what happens when you have serious owners, serious front office, who sit down, listen to everybody, including the supporters. Oh, gee whiz. Okay? And this is what we're going to get because they're doing it right. Yeah. You know? And um, somebody told me here tonight um, that we should start mentioning one very important aspect of this new stadium. If you don't have your season tickets by the time that stadium opens, you could be SOL. Yeah. There is, yeah, there is a limit on the number of season tickets that are going to be available for next season. And if you're not already in, you're already behind. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Blanton has just walked up yeah, right now. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Doing good. How good do you think uh, FC Cincy is going to do in the USL this season? In the USL? Yes. They're going to do wonderful in the USL. Yeah. <laughs> in MLS, they're not going to do so well. <laughs> right answer. All right. I'll, I'll say that I have been uh, lucky to be a part of uh, a lot of the videos and a lot of the, the prep work that has been done on this stadium and trying to present it to the people. And so I am biased, of course, about uh, how I feel about what it looks like. But the bottom line to me is every time I see that video, every time, and I mentioned it last week, but it's still the truth. Every time I see that video, I get so excited about what next season is going to mean that it almost takes me away from this season, and that's barely oh, look, we got fair. Another, we got another hey, look, there's Cooper's president, Alex Miner, walking by, <laughs> and he is dodging out as quickly as possible. Former Cooper's oh, president, Alex Miner. Cooper's Minor. president, Alex yeah. Miner. Oh, yeah. man. Alex. Hello, Alex. Alex, let me ask you and speak directly into oh, the mic. Jesus. What did you think about the uh, the new video for this season, uh, for next season's uh, uh, stadium? I actually can't use those words in public, so... Uh, it's, yeah, X-rated. X-rated. He feels positive about it. He feels almost we'll corn rated yeah, we'll about it. The key to me is it's been a special, special thing to get to see this stadium coming up out of the ground. Everybody who gets to watch it on uh, driving by 71, 64, 65 every day, it's exciting. And in the front office, no joke, every single day somebody comes into the office and says, did you see the new beam? 
Did you see the new concrete? Did you see the new anything? And it is exciting every single day. So if you haven't gone onto lucityfc.com and looked at the new video, you are crazy. If you haven't been on Twitter and clicked on the link, if you haven't been on Facebook and clicked on the link, you're dumb. I get, I get emotional every time I watch it because for the people, and not no joke, we've got seven people right now sitting around this, this table. And for the seven of us, we have all been sitting here from day one of this club. And to get to watch and to get to see what this stadium is going to mean to this city, to this club, it's, it's insane. From the day when the Coopers first brought this to Wayne Estopinal and rest in peace, for the first day they brought it to him and they said, hey, listen, this is a thing that's going to be huge. To get to see the stadium coming out of the ground, it's completely ridiculous how phenomenal this is for the city of Louisville, for the team, and for soccer in the United States of America. I am I'm floored every time. More importantly, Louisville City FC will have their USL Championship Ready Stadium before one FC Cincinnati <laughs> even has a semblance of a stadium coming out of the ground for their for MLS. I'll just leave it at that. For MLS, well, you know the, the one thing I did get about out of that video. And before is, Tottenham has their stadium, as an <laughs> Arsenal fan, let me just say that. Now, the one thing I will say is when we were looking at the video for the stadium, we saw. As we were going through, Louisville City had a trophy room. Yeah. Okay. Cincinnati don't even have a trophy they cabinet. Have, they have a they have a trophy plate. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they've got a they, room they have closet. A, they have a table that they have like dinner. So I imagine, and I don't know this for certain, unfortunately, I don't have the connections there that I have here. They they have a table with <laughs> a the single corner, plate on it. In the corner it. of the broom yes, closet. Yes, in the corner. Yeah. Yes. So they have exactly. to move the brooms out of the way so they could put the, <laughs> the, any silverware but, on a table. But forget Cincinnati. This is a crazy, exciting moment for Louisville City. Absolutely. Uh, tonight we got to see uh, John Hackworth put up his bracket. If you go on nice. to lucityfc.com, you can uh, you can try to challenge. Which bracket would that be? His NCAA tournament bracket. Anybody who's interested in uh, college basketball, go on to louisvillecityfc.com and you'll be able to find his bracket and challenge him to be able to be the uh, dominant force in Louisville City FC in bracket bracketology. Can you tell us, Evan, whom uh, were in his championship game? Uh, his championship game was a uh, four-peat of Duke versus North Carolina, Ugh. which would be, uh, and he had North Carolina winning it all. That would be, in, in fairness, in fairness to Coach Hack. But I'm sorry, an, that that's means Coach Hack, you've doomed him. He's, <laughs> he is an ACC man having uh, coached at Wake Forest, gone to Wake Forest. He is a, uh, a ACC homer. And of course so, he supports U of L now, right? Of course, and of course. Uh, but uh, could only support them so far. So let me just say, before I sign off tonight, and before we uh, do our traditional sign off, uh, that I really appreciate Cody, Andy, Scouse, Hayden, and Mr. Ballard uh, all joining us tonight. 
But uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets for this weekend's game, I don't care what basketball games are going on. I don't care what fun thing you had scheduled for Saturday. If you aren't at the game this weekend, you are a moron because this yeah. is the home opener for your two-time defending Louisville City FC championship team. Scouts' house is sold out of season. I want to see. I want to see a packed house. I, every photo I take of Scouts' house this weekend, I want to see it packed Burn it. to the brim. So we've got at least 8,800. Is the last number I heard was we're going to have at least 8,800 at the game on Saturday. I want to see 10,000. If we don't get over 10,000, I'm going to feel like it's a personal failure on my part. So, and Scouse isn't wrong. Scouse's house is sold out for season tickets, but that does not mean you can't get your single game tickets. Call Very 502 Lou yep. City and get your your uh, single game tickets. Because you know what? Scouse's house has the best seats in the house. I've heard that somewhere. So, everybody Just saying. I really appreciate everybody joining me tonight. Cody, Andy, Scouse, Hayden, Matthew, all a really great show tonight. I appreciate it. If you haven't forgotten, we only ever finish any given podcast in one way, and that is by saying, Go, Go 